Hello, come and join us for a tricky conversation. I'm Sandra, I'm black, and I'm here with my friend Sally, she's white. That's me. We've invited you to listen into our conversation because talking is our contribution to the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter has shown just how much we must listen to and learn from each other. We wanted to do something real, and one thing we think we're not bad at is talking to each other about difficult stuff. Yeah. We wanted to show that it's possible to talk about our experiences of prejudice and discrimination without feeling like we're walking on eggshells. So we're going to talk about Sandra's experience of racism, my experience of homophobia, and see where it leads us. You're welcome to join us. So this week's conversation, which is our last tricky conversation, at least for the time being, um, is passing the baton, thinking back and thinking forward. But it's not our first attempt at this conversation. We tried it before and um, we both felt it didn't really work. So, and we both come to the conclusion, I think, that this is a really tricky conversation. So, Sandra, tell me what what you think about what went wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've thought about it as well. And I, I think that the difference between the conversation that we want to have now and the ones that we've had in the past is that now we're really talking about our thoughts. What, what do we think? What do we believe? Rather than talking about experiences that we've had, um, which a lot of those experiences are things that have been inflicted on us and not necessarily what we have brought to ourselves. So I think that's what's going to make this conversation tricky. But, you know, I think that it's, it's a conversation that we can have and we can have honestly. And um, if it's tricky, then tricky it is. Because <laughs> I think one of the things that I felt last time on listening back to how we chatted was I think you were protecting my feelings. Do you, th- do you think that's right? Do you know, Sally, it could well be. And I think maybe not just protecting your feelings, but protecting the feelings of all white people really or non-black people because in actual fact that's what I've always done um, and we've had this conversation as well in, in you know previous podcast about you know not being that black person with the chip on your shoulder rocking the boat and playing the race card and so you know on a personal level um, I suppose I am somebody who has been described as diplomatic and I it's maybe easier for me to get by that way and I suppose that's probably what I continue to do so um, yeah thinking about that um, you know that could well have been what it was yeah because I think My reflection on our conversation, I know it's a bit odd to be talking about a conversation that other people haven't heard, (laughs) Um, but the issues that arose from that failed conversation, in a way, I think it was a failed conversation, was that it really brought home to me, I know this sounds ridiculous saying it out loud, is that of course our perspectives are so different, because much as I detest racism, I don't experience racism. I don't have to worry about my son, my black son, going out uh, out and about. I don't have to worry about how 
a shopkeeper will talk to me, which is something that happened to Leona Lewis just this week. You know, I don't have to worry about these things, and you do, and that that means our perspectives on the world are obviously. <laughs> I know this sounds it sounds so ridiculous saying this, but I think that whilst we can share a struggle to defeat racism. We're doing it from such different standpoints, aren't we? We we are. Do you know what's great about what you just said? What you've kind of defined really is your white privilege. Yeah. And what I admire about that is that you are actually able to acknowledge and realise that you have that. And, um, you know, I can see that why a lot of white people don't. It's exactly that. It's your everyday it's your being, it's your living. If, if you live as white or black, it's in everything that you do. It's not just the one day when somebody has discriminated about, you know, said yes. something awful or done something. So um, from that point of view, Sally, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, we, it's, it's a different life. Yes. Um, we see the world from different eyes, from, from that different standpoint. Um, but you are able to acknowledge that. I, I find it really troubling that having to acknowledge that. I find it very troubling to have to acknowledge that from the minute I wake up, I'm experiencing white privilege. If you, you know, until the moment I go to sleep, and um, and that that difference means that when I look to the future, I'm free, because I know that what, one of the things I would like to do as we do our last conversation is to be able to have a bit of a positive outlook about, you know, the tide turning, Black Lives Matter, people joining together to defeat racism. I'd like to be able to do all that. And in a way, white privilege makes it possible for me to have that positive outlook. But it's very different for you. I, it's very different for me. And I think going back to that failed um, conversation that we try to have, I think it's because, you know, I desperately want to be positive. You know, I think that positive is just even the right thing to be. Um, but I don't feel positive and I'm disappointed that I don't feel positive. And um, I can't, you know, you know, the subject of our podcast is passing the baton and I, I have to start from acknowledging the atrocities that my four parents in slavery um, had to go through um, for me today to even be at this point and then getting to this point and, you know, I'm still researching, I'm still trying to learn a black, about the black history that was hidden from me um, so that I can understand more about why we are still at this point and why things are the way that they are. And I think that I struggled with that in that last conversation because, you know, of course, things have moved on and things have changed and they're still changing. And I do have to say... Um, in this very climate with Black Lives Matter and what's happened with George, George Floyd has influenced that, um, I have seen change even in this very, very short period of time. 
um, you know, all you need to do is to switch on the TV and to see how many more black faces are there on programs, on documentaries, on adverts, uh, reading the news in that short space of time yeah. to see that um, something is trying to be done so that there is a, a, a better representation. Um, but we need more than just the representation. We need um, the change in, you know, that inequality and that really unequal structure that we have that's, you know, still very dominant there. Um, so, yes, I, you know, I, that's, I've said something positive. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't feel positive. I'm still disappointed that in, you know, 2020, we are still here, you know, in a world that's, you know, very unequal, unfair, and, you know, with with a lot of, um, again, we can still call them atrocities, you know, mm. that, you know, are, are still going on. And in terms of passing on the baton, do you think, I don't know, do you think that what's passed on has changed from your parents to you and from you to your children? Yeah, I think it changes in, in every generation. And to be honest, it's a long time that I've kind of felt really guilty about being someone who hasn't really been proactive in terms of any... You know, I've never been a part of any pro-black or civil rights or black power movement and um, so I, I've just felt passive and I felt that you know what what have I done have I am I just here to survive racism and, and not make any mark or change but I and I had that conversation with my daughter and you know she said something to me that I felt was you know a, a quite important and for me personally and, and she said, you know, everyone does their bit in a different way. And even if you felt that you have survived because you have chose to be dignified in the face of the that adversity, it's something. Mm. It's something. And so whatever I have done or whatever this generation has done, it still paves the way for the next generation. And sometimes you can see that change. Um, we spoke about my parents coming from Jamaica mm. to um, the UK and what they experienced, which was, you know, very direct, very blatant, in your face, racism um, from every, from name calling to not being able to get jobs places to live and that kind of mm. you know thing that we, we all know about to racism being quite different now um so there's change there's definitely change and even though i don't feel that i haven't been proactive i think that um i can give myself some credit that i tried to i raised black young children who are now young adults into people who are proud of who they are mm. um 
And that's proactive, isn't it? I mean, yeah. That's proactive. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it definitely is. <laughs> Lots of people talk about the difference between the states and here, where in the states it is so evident. The legacy of slavery is so evident. Do you think it's different here or not different here? I think that the segregation in the US is is so much more obvious and. Um, yeah, it, it is. It's different um, to what's happening here in the UK. However, it's all part of the same. Um, you know, we're just black people in different parts of the world experiencing racism in different ways, at different levels, and the movement of what's happening, you know, is slower or faster in different places. And I think that whilst it's not um, the same everywhere, that's still something that doesn't rest well. Mm. Um, because if tomorrow the UK became this place where there was no um, inequality mm. and things were, you know, right, but they weren't in other parts of the world, then we still, we're still not there yes. yet. No one's free until we're all no, free. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I wonder as well um, that you, you picked up on maybe, you know, with that conversation, you know, I, I was trying to protect you, um, it, you know, in terms of maybe not really being honest mm. about my thoughts. And, you know, you, we've talked about the white privilege and, and how that feels. And does it feel like a big responsibility because I've seen the resentful side of people who you know the white privilege is not my fault I'm not responsible for what <laughs> happened in history how do you how does that stand with you well the fault of white privilege isn't the issue is it it's the fact of it so I haven't got to defend myself against you know creating white privilege what I have to defend myself against is whether or not I try and do anything about it. That's, you know, it's there. How it came about, you know, we can talk about and agree about it and so on. But in the end, my responsibility is to do something, is to not just live with that privilege. And, and I suppose it really... It genuinely troubles me. I, I, you know, it's hard not to sound, um, I don't know, just, you know, what I, me trying to deal with white privilege is a bit different from you dealing with racism. So these are not equivalent struggles, but I do think it hurts me that I'm in this position, that I am, um, benefiting from and have through my life benefited from this system and I haven't seen a way where I can stop it I can do my bit to share the struggle against it but I can't stop it and I it it hurts me well you know you know thank thank you for saying that Sally and I hope this doesn't sound patronizing at all but remember you invited me to do these podcasts with you we did feel that this was our contribution, yeah. um, you know, 
a black and a white friend being able to tr- talk honestly yeah. about our experiences and, and how we feel. But I guess honesty can be hard, you know, because as you said at the beginning, just talking about the experiences we've had of discrimination is historic. It's We describe a situation, sometimes it's even funny what's happened, even though it's bad. You know, we've had yeah. those. But actually acknowledging the impact in our lives and uh, is is a very different it's a different kettle of fish isn't it yeah passing the baton means that we're hoping that the future is brighter and that you know the experiences that we've had will be experiences of the past that won't happen quickly mm. and you know that's my um that was a part of how, if I can say, how negative I was feeling about still being in this place. Yeah. I, you know, I just. And but also, I it strikes me that when we thought about passing the baton, we were thinking about passing it to our children and on down the generations. But actually, this conversation is passing the baton, isn't it? It's passing the baton to the people who've cared to listen. For them to start their own conversations, it's a different way of passing the baton, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, I agree. 